Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Wednesday, October the 19th, 2022. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I appreciate all of you jumping in here early with me on this Wednesday. We want to get after it, get the, the entire table set for the day in uh, the main slate of 12 games in the NBA, first full slate of the season, and we're very excited to bring that to you. So sorry about the confusion. Uh, yesterday we were going to do a late night podcast uh, for today's slate, but we just didn't feel that all the ownership numbers were up. We couldn't get a good feel enough on the pricing for the slate, etc. So we will not be bringing those uh, the day before. We're, we're either going to bring them at our regular podcast time, which is uh, 4.45 p.m. Eastern every day. That's going to be our normal time. On occasion, we'll throw a morning one in here when we have multiple sports going or all kinds of other things here at Coach Talk. So just to let everybody know how the week's going to roll out here, um, I am doing some traveling in the next couple of days, have some business uh, opportunities here with Coach Talk and some other things we have going on. And uh, not that I'm going to be missing much of anything. I'll be involved with everything that we're doing. I'll be supplying lineups, doing podcasts, all of the fun stuff as normal. Um, we will have some, a uh, little bit more uh, participation by Deb and Crash and Steven handling couple of extra pods and, and some other things going on. So just to give you a feel for the week, and then everything will get back to normal uh, this weekend as far as uh, our regular type uh, day-in, day-out schedule. But really for the NBA, our goal is to uh, get that 4.45 p.m. spot squared away so that we just, everybody knows where we are and when we're going to post. So for those that are watching this recorded, I apologize you didn't get to catch it live. I know uh, this was earlier than expected. Uh, for those that are in here, appreciate you guys uh, jumping in early. But we're going to go through all 12 games. I'm going to touch on everything, do a pay-up value and fade play, as we always do, and sort of uh, put the pieces together and get this ready. Uh, last night was a little difficult, not a, a good night, uh, but... I'm not a big one or two game slate guy. I, you know, I'm okay with it. I could get it done, but I prefer the bigger slates. Is is those that watch often, the bigger the slate, the better for me. And when we have double digits, that is my sweet spot. So with 12 games tonight, a lot of good competitive games, a lot of uh, high totals. There's a lot of things for us to look at and take advantage of for sure. All right, a couple of things. Let me say hello. Jim Parrish was the first one in the mix this morning. So congratulations, Jim. Uh, you're the, the defending Jeopardy champion here. Uh, Todd, who lives for Sundays. My man is in here. Great to see you, buddy. Uh, Aloysius 5, of course, an NBA uh, brainiac like me, no doubt about it. Of course, Rodney Pollard and boy from Cali. No podcast complete without the two of you guys. And Fear Money Entertainment LLC has jumped in. So I expected we may have a slow beginning of the pod. Hopefully people drift in. And then for those that miss it, 
Uh, you'll be catching it on YouTube, Twitter, uh, on our website. You can pretty much catch it everywhere. And even uh, if you're just going to listen to the audio version, um, you can catch that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere podcasts are heard. So on the way in here, really appreciate it. If you can give us a thumbs up and hit the subscribe button, that's extremely important to us. And then hit the little alert in the upper corner. Uh, that really gives us a big boost uh, between with all of those things and a comment. If you can give a quick comment about the pod, any questions, anything like that, really the algorithm reads all of that. Who's logging in? How long they're logged in? Are they subscribed? Are they commenting? So all of that uh, really helps us, and uh, we bring the we are always going to bring these seven day a week podcasts in front of the paywall to you. And uh, we want to uh, just keep growing the family here for sure. So, all right. A uh, lot of to talk about today. Um, let's dive right into the mix here. And as uh, for those that remember last year and then some new for this year, what we're going to do is go through game by game. And we'll talk a little bit about the spread of the game because it means a lot more in basketball than it does some sports because that total is very important. I mean, there's a big difference in, for example, the third game we're going to talk about has a 233 total. The first game has a 217 total. You know, you look at 16 points difference on that total, uh, uh, what is set in Vegas, and they're the best. They're phenomenal at setting those lines. That's more DFS opportunity. And, you know, you have to qualify all of that in your uh, when you're breaking everything down and if you use optimizers and all of that those tools statistical analysis i'd strongly recommend it it does take a lot of those pieces into play and then we'll discuss them more here because what it doesn't take into play is are, are some of these coaches different is the personnel different i mean some teams beefed up on defense some teams went the offensive direction. So those uh, statistical pieces are not going to normalize themselves for quite some time. It's going to take really a 25% of the year before at least I feel comfortable with what those expectations are. So we'll be following all kinds of statistical analysis once we have some firm numbers to look at from this season like defensive real plus minus, that's a huge one for me because it ranks by position and by person how they're defending in that system. So somebody that could have been a good DRPM guy last year might not be very good this year because the system he's in. So a guy like Patrick Beverly, for example, he's usually always very high on that list. And now we'll see with this new situation uh, is that going to make sense for him uh, in, in this role with this team? So all kinds of things that we'll be looking at game by game, certainly how teams defend per position, uh, definitely can uh, really quickly find who struggles on the interior. And you have to grab all of those extra rebound points, uh, all the different statistics that you can narrow in on where's the weakness where are we going to attack? So just to give a, you know, since this is our first full slate, just wanted to give a little information there and uh, also let a few people uh, drift in. JT, 
Good morning, man. Great to have you with us. All right. Small crowd this morning, but that's okay. You know what? There's power in uh, however many numbers we have. And uh, we will get back to those afternoon pods and we can get it pumping and going in here. But uh, for anybody catching it during the day, just catch this pod throughout the day. And you can post questions in here. I'll be checking those uh, today as I'm uh, traveling and I'll be answering those uh, as well. So King of Smack, good morning, my friend. All right, you ready? I am ready to go after this slate. Game one, Orlando Magic, Detroit Pistons. Uh, it is a uh, Detroit by three, a 217 total, so fairly low. Looks like we're going to, and these are all obviously not confirmed lineups yet, but I'll give you my feel on it. Looks like guys that are out for Orlando for sure are Fultz, Harris, Isaac, and Mo Wagner. So definitely some depth issues there. Um, Suggs is back after that knee injury in preseason. He's expect to go. Anthony Suggs, uh, Franz Wagner, uh, Bancaro, and Carter expected to start for Orlando. And then Detroit has Bagley out. He hurt his knee in preseason. Burks and Livers not playing. So it looks like starting is going to be Cunningham, the rookie Ivy, who I'm very high on. Sadiq Bey. Uh, Bogdanovich, who they stole from Utah, and Isaiah Stewart. And so great rotation, great depth here. Really like uh, some of the people off the bench for them. And we'll start talking more and more uh, about benches and rotations as this goes uh, this week, as we see some of these. Because some of them have been announced. Some of them we don't know for sure. Like last night, shout out to Deb, tip of the cap. She was all over the James Harden call. So, Deb, you are awesome. And she was the one that was saying Harold was going to be a key rotation player for them when it was between Reed and Harold, and nobody really knew. And she knew it. She was right. But some of these like that you need to see play out just for a couple of games. You want to take advantage of that. We will. But we also want to make sure we're giving you solid, solidified information. Uh, like, you know, I was very high on Weissman and Kaminga off the bench, and Moody, the youngsters, they're going to play a big role. But then, you know, Kerr had mentioned that he was going to play a little less minutes for his main guys. Some of that changed. So, again, coach speak is one thing. Watching it and seeing it happen is another. So we're going to follow that closely. We'll adjust immediately, and we'll get these things done for you. So a fairly low-scoring game here with Orlando and Detroit. I think it's going to be uh, – very interesting to see how you know Detroit really plays for real now with Ivy in the starting lineup. They do have a depth at guard rotation wise, but I think Cunningham Ivy at his price is is very doable. Isaiah Stewart as a cheap center, uh, very possible uh, play as well. I do like Wendell Carter a lot on the other side. I think uh, Bancaro's very good. We'll see if his price is right, though. It's a little bit higher than I thought for a rookie should be immediately, but he will be one of the top options. Um, Cole Anthony, <clears throat> always a possibility, um, certainly still one here. Um, Cunningham and Ivy, one thing they both need to work on is a little bit stronger defensive prowess. So even though this isn't a key game as far as total, wouldn't mind grabbing a one-off from each side here. I think these teams are going to play hard. 
and uh, really try to open it up and score. I'd like over in this game actually as well. I think they'll score a little more than, than Vegas thinks. All right, game two, Washington Wizards at the Indiana Pacers. We've got uh, Kispert out uh, for Washington, and then we have uh, Carey Probable for Indiana. We've got Tice out, and then we have Jalen Smith and uh, Aaron Nesmith are questionable. I think Smith's more on the, the probable side than questionable, but we have to follow that. And then Queen is probable. So it looks like, uh, in my estimation, the starters here, Morris, Beal, Barton, Kuzma, and Porzingis. Uh, Halliburton, Duarte, Heald, Think Smith does start, and then Miles Turner. So you have a 227 total here with Washington only a one-point favorite. So a close spread, a, high, a pretty high total. Good game to target. Um, I look more towards uh, Kuzma here than Porzingis inside. I think Turner's presence as a shot blocker, uh, and his length being able to get out and guard Porzingis at the three could give him a little difficulty. So Kuzma, I think a stronger play. Uh, Beal, uh, he missed some preseason. I don't think he's going to be in full throttle in game one, so I'm not going to spend up there. I am intrigued a little bit by Monte Morris because he's been handed the position. Uh, there was always divvied up time and everything in, in Denver, so I, I do uh, have some interest there for value on Monte Morris. On the other side, Halliburton is their, their man. I mean, Brogdon's gone. Nobody's standing in Halliburton's way. Uh, he's a great play. I think he's a terrific play today. I think he's a good play in the beginning of the year, year here. I think he's going to be their best player. I mean, you know, he was behind multiple guys before that are uh, not there anymore. So Really is Halliburton's team, in my opinion, and I think he's a good play. Duarte, Heal, they're going to get shots up uh, and and not bad players. Smith's, uh, if he plays, is going to have his hands full with Kuzma. And, you know, I want to make sure he's going to get enough minutes. Uh, for some reason, you know, the, the, the way Carlisle coaches at times, he limits guys on minutes, and that seems to what he does with Smith a little bit. So I still want to watch that. A little closer. Miles Turner, playable, but you know, the, my only concern is he does get in foul trouble at times. And I think if, you know, when Porzingis is off the court, he'll probably come off the court. So not uh, just a complete uh, a focal point for me. All right, 7.30, we moved past after the first two games that start at seven, and it's the Houston Rockets and Atlanta Hawks. We have uh, Atlanta by a big nine and a half point spread, so something to consider, but it's 233. So you got a giant number there. I mean, it's hard to be 233 uh, early on in the season. You don't see a whole lot of them uh, over 233. In fact, this is the only one on the card today. So how much do you attack this is the big question. As far as uh, you know, the spread, could it be a blowout for Atlanta? That's always possible too, but... Uh, you know, things we have to take into consideration here. Tate and uh, Ty Ty Washington are out for Houston. Knicks is probable. And then Bogdanovich is out for Atlanta. He's going to be out for a while. But other than that, they're going to have uh, a majority of their guns. I definitely going to have exposure to this game. There's absolutely no question about it. Now, 
you know, Atlanta hasn't had this squad together for real. You know, they've got DeJounte Murray and DeAndre Hunter. Those are two of the better defenders in the league to me on the perimeter. And a lot of people aren't talking about that. It's always talking about how explosive Murray and Young are going to be as a backcourt. But don't forget that Murray is a lockdown defender, and so is Hunter. So I think you're going to see the most improvement for Atlanta come on the defensive side of the ball. We know Capella's, you know, older, doesn't have a ton left, but he's still a damn good uh, defensive center in this league and is a good presence inside. Collins is a shot blocker. Okongwu gets after it when he comes in. So Atlanta's, you know, a team on the rise, one of the teams I'm going to look at a lot. And I do think their games will be, you know, high scoring, but I think you're going to see uh, those 233 kind of numbers, like in this game, going to start dropping by a few points because I think their defense is going to be more in control. And so uh, I think that's that's going to be a really good thing. I will say this, though, and this is an important point. So everybody take note of this. I've been screaming for a, a change of the rules in the the uh, transition file, take that take file that they do in Europe, and they finally changed the rule, and it's so great for basketball because you can't take that file on the, the transition, so they got to play it out. So teams like this with Trey Young and DeJounte Murray pushing the ball and guys like Collins and Hunter filling the lanes, uh, you're going to have some explosive games from these guys. And Houston, the same thing. And you got all these young babies, Porter Green, Jabari Smith, all these guys are so young and they're going to run the floor. And without that being able to do that stupid take file, you're going to get some more transition points. So again, another reason to focus on this game as a possible play uh, for both sides. I think Jalen Green would be one of my, my picks here. I think, uh, you know, I believe that DeJounte Murray's going to guard Kevin Porter. That's just my gut feeling. And Trey Young, Jalen Green. Now, I've seen the matchup listed. Other people think differently, and I could be wrong. I mean, it's we got to see how that's going to play out. But I'm anticipating that, and I'll be following that those matchup news uh, as it comes out today. But for that reason, I like Jalen Green a little bit here. Um, Porter Green, Gordon. Jabari Smith and Jengun looks like for Houston. Uh, Young Murray, uh, Hunter, Collins, and Capella for Atlanta. Um, I think Jengun always possible, but Capella is a, a pest inside. Uh, and, but I'm not sure Capella can get out there at the three and guard Jengun. He's more of a, a, a post defender than perimeter anymore at this point in his career. So Jengun not out of the question, but he's not 100%. He was dinged up a little bit in preseason, so it might be a wait and see for a game or two on him. Um, you know, the question is, is Trey Young going to be as explosive with those big 60 burgers and things he puts up, or is Murray going to take a little bit of that action away? That is going to be an interesting thing for me. Guy I'm leaning a little bit more towards here is John Collins. Just because of the matchup, take advantage. Even though Jabari Smith is going to be a tremendous defender in this league, he's not yet. He's just still too green, uh, you know, probably could have used another year of school, to be honest with you. But I think he's just going to it's going to be a little bit of a transition for him. And I think Collins is in a smash spot. So he is my top uh, play on that side of the ball here. I will have exposure to both sides, uh, not stacking 
anybody right now. And we'll get into stacks. Is stacks important in the NBA? Absolutely. You do need to make some stacks, teams that are going to blow out numbers and, and be in close games. That's going to make a huge difference. You can still cherry pick lineups, hand build them, and put them together. Uh, as far as stacks go, though, I generally, uh, my my philosophy is two guys on a big slate like this, take the two, you really think they're going to smash, you take two guys, and they, hopefully they're the two that smash it the most. Because if you go three or four, and that game blows out or anything happens, you're completely dead in the water. Now, smaller slates, three games, four games, two games, yes, you, you can stack three, four deep, and and give it a run. But on the bigger slates, you'll see my strategy is generally, if I'm really loving a team, two guys are generally where I'm going to go three at the very, very max. And it has to be under uh, certain situations and, uh, and the way that comes together. All right. I'm going to check real quickly here. Uh, pain blank SM. Good morning. Uh, dead presidents also, as we would say, absolute power. Mr. Few, how are you? A man, a man of few words, I would assume. Uh, Earl Tyson, what's going down? Gizmo Perk, uh, it's okay that you're late. We're going to keep going over this. I'm doing this earlier than normal, and I just appreciate everybody that's jumping in and catching this. So, good stuff. All right. Um, how about we uh, we go to game four? We'll get halfway through, get through six, and then let's go over ownership a little bit. Talk about how that's shaping up because there's some really weird uh, initial ownership numbers here that uh, that make it very easy to be contrarian today. That's that's what I'm going to say. All right, let's go to game four, and we even have a confirmed lineup here. How about that? Shout out to the Chicago Bulls for putting their starting lineup out yesterday for today's game opener. So that's pretty cool. 7.30, Chicago at Miami. Miami's favored by seven. And you have a low spread here, 216 and a half. So definitely something to be concerned about there. Uh, and you've got that confirmed starting lineup of Desunmu, Levine, DeRozan, Patrick Williams, and Vuk. And then on the Miami side, it's not uh, confirmed yet. Lowry Hero, who's in the starting lineup now. Butler. Caleb Martin, who's in the starting lineup now. So two differences for them this year. And bam. So a couple of things here. Um, I do like to pick on Vuk defensively. So bam is in play for me. I think that, uh, again, he he got that. We talked about it in the preseason uh, when I went through all the teams. But uh, Udonis Haslam has been the captain there for about 15 years. He passed that to bam this year. Bam's the leader. He's the inside presence for this team. And, uh, you know, he'll be backed up by Yurt Saban, who's out, by the way. So Yurt Saban and Oladipo are out. And then, of course, Lonzo Ball's out for the Bulls probably for quite some time. Uh, Levine is going to play, even though he's dinged a little bit. And Caruso's playing. So, uh, as I was saying, I think it, it just puts it shines a light on Bam to step up and have a really good game. And even though it's a low, lower scoring game, I think Bam is up for a big double-double. He's going to be considered in a lot of my lineups today. Uh, he's definitely one of the bigs that I like. Um, from the uh, Really after that, though, I, I, I'm a little concerned that this game stays lower scoring, and I respect the defense. 
uh, from Desunmu and DeRozan, Patrick Williams, Caleb Martin. There's Butler, of course. I mean, there's just a lot of really good defenders in this game. Um, I don't want to spend up the big money, as I mentioned, you know, on the preview show. Levine, DeRozan, and Vuk are pretty expensive. I'm just not there yet with them. And against a team like Miami in Miami, not going to spend up for those guys. They could all do decently, but I just don't see from a collective how to narrow to just one to make sure you're going to get value there against this defense. Um, you know, I do like the fact that Hero's in the starting lineup. I think if he is going to take advantage of taking more shots and being more aggressive offensively, he could be a, a good uh, play at his price. Uh, and I think Caleb Martin is a cheap value guy that you can also look at. But very little exposure here. Very likely a BAM play for me, and, and that is it. All right, the Pelicans and Brooklyn Nets. We have um, Brooklyn favored by two and a half. Another big number here, 230 and a half. And it seems as though we're going to get some higher scoring games in these Brooklyn games. They're going to be pushing and scoring the basketball. Projected lineups here, McCollum, Ingram, Herb Jones, Zion and Joval. And then we have Kyrie, O'Neal, Durant, Ben Simmons, and Nick Claxton. So that's projected. Uh, guys that are dinged a little bit for the Pels, Jackson Hayes is questionable. I read he may play off the bench. Uh, Kyra Lewis and Liddell are both out. And then the guys we know are out for sure for Brooklyn are Seth Curry. I have Joe Harris listed as out. Somebody said yesterday or whatever that he was playing, but I thought he was not going to play just yet. If I'm wrong, let me know in chat. I'd be happy to correct myself. But on my sheets, I have Curry, Harris, and Warren not playing right now. So let me see. Um, let's see what anybody else has to say in here. Um, Earl Tyson. Oh, you're the manager at Dick Sporting Goods. Very nice, man. Glad that you're uh, listening in, though, here while you're working. Can you hook me up with some new, the, the new Luca shoes? I could use them. I'll have to see if I can get a discount from you, bro. Um, hit that button, guys. Yes, I appreciate it. If you hit the, the we're not getting a ton of thumbs up. Well, I don't have the big, huge crowd in here like we do because it's morning, but good enough that we can still get some more thumbs up. Uh, heat do play slow. We know that. That's been forever. Uh, no doubt about it. All right. Getting back in it here. Let's uh, go back to the, uh, go to the next game here. We've got, uh, yeah, oh, in this Pels game with Brooklyn, you know, it's the, the big question is how much are the Pels going to spread it out? With Zion there now, it's different situation. I mean, you've got McCollum and Ingram who really carried the show uh, when Zion was out. And then you had a lot of presence inside from Joval. My concern is I think the Pelicans are good. I did hear on TNT Barkley picking the Pelicans to win the West, which was, you know, kiss of death when Barkley picks you. But anyway, you know, I want to see if Zion stays healthy, number one. They say he's good to go. I still think he's going to be a little limited. I don't think they're going to push him over the top. So I just don't think he's playable yet. But I think that his presence takes a little away from Joe Val inside and sharing those rebounds is a little bit of a deterrent for me. Uh, 
if Jackson Hayes somehow isn't going to play, which I think he will off the bench, that would escalate Joe Val for me a little bit. But when you have Zion and Joe Val and then Hayes off the bench, those guys are all capable of double-digit rebounds on any given game. So a little concern there. Herb Jones is just an all-around glue player, not as great of a DFS player. I mean, he'll have his occasional game, but he's going to be the fifth option on the floor for them offensively. Let's face it. So he's going to get his off of transition, defense, steals, that kind of thing. And very spot starts for me. As much as I like the guy, he's going to make very few rosters for me. Still high on Brandon Ingram. I just think he's he's a stud. Now, he's going to grab Royce O'Neal defense here, so I'm probably not going to be focused on him uh, in this situation. The guy I sort of like is CJ. I think this is just feels like a CJ game. Kyrie's not a good defender. And I think that uh, the fact that they're going to have, you know, Herb Jones uh, busting it against Durant and O'Neal against Ingram and Ben Simmons and Zion and, the you know, bigs in the post and, you know, all these other matchups that are going to be really good, intense matchups. I think you may have some CJ McCollum uh, playing some open basketball here and be, may be a very low owned sneaky play. Kyrie on the other side, you know, it's still the Kevin Durant show. And like I said the other day, the dude just plays a million minutes and he gets up a million shots and he does everything. So Durant's certainly a pay-up option. Unfortunately, you can't go to all the pay-up guys. And as much as I will often have Durant as my pay-up, he's not going to be my go-to pay-up today, but I think he's a great play. I really do. So Good to high total here. You could get to a guy or two on each side and feel very comfortable with it. You know, you can eliminate the guys that are in there strictly to play defense. Royce O'Neal, Ben Simmons, Herb Jones mainly. Those guys aren't playable, but the other guys, uh, they're going to score the basketball. They're going to get up and down. Both teams are going to play in transition, and uh, I think this could be a key game on the slate. No question about it. All right, we go to the uh, another 7.30 game. That's the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Toronto Raptors. We've got uh, Toronto, a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home, uh, 213 and a half. So we've got a dog game here, the lowest total uh, on the board. So is this a complete pass game? You know, I, it doesn't have to be a complete pass game. I don't have anybody in my initial build from this game for a couple of reasons, one being the pace of play. And two being that I do respect these defenses. I mean, I think uh, Jared Allen's a phenomenal in interior defender. Mobley, uh, Lavert is not, but, uh, you know, in the backcourt, you got Garland and Mitchell. So you're going to have a lot funneling into the paint to Allen and Mobley to defend from there. Perimeter D definitely is a little bit of a question mark there. We know Mitchell can defend when he's completely 100%. They say he's 100%. So we'll see how that goes. On the Toronto side, though, you know, we know Barnes, terrific defender. Uh, and, you know, Trent can get out at a time. Van Vliet, even though he's smaller, is very adept. So you have two well-coached, well-defensive played teams here that'll keep the scoring down. And some of these guys are pretty expensive. Van Vliet, Siakam, Garland, you know, they're all pretty expensive. Um, I do like Jared Allen a little bit. And part of the reason that is, is because they're shorthanded uh, big wise. 
It looks like Kim Birch and Chris Boucher are going to be out and Otto Porter. So that's three rotational bigs for them, which really puts a lot of pressure on Siakam. And it makes Barnes play the four rather than the three, which he can play both adeptly. But when they can use him with his length and size at the three, it makes them better. But, you know, with those bigs out, I think Allen is a possible play. We, we talked about Siakam, and he is a bit of a ball hog, and he's going to be shooting the ball a lot. And uh, But Allen's long. Allen makes you change shots. Siakam likes to drive and force the ball up. It's tough getting the ball over Allen uh, in that scenario. For Siakam to smash that big salary, he's going to have to be red hot from three. Not that he can't, but probably not going to go there here just because of that interior defense from Allen and Mobley. Um, for Cleveland, out is Windler, Rubio, and Ducati, who they re-signed. Uh, Garland, Mitchell, Levert, Mobley, and Allen. So uh, good squad, but here's the thing. Uh, they're going against a, a team that plays slower in Toronto and plays good defense and is well-coached. And they have to define roles here. Garland was their top scorer and their leader, no question. Donovan Mitchell comes in as a multiple all-star that has to have a, a good chunk of ownership of this team. Karis LeVert's a pure scorer, but is he going to get enough opportunities with all those other guys on the floor? And then you have to feed the beasts in there with Mobley and Allen. So I like Cleveland. I'm high on them. I, I think that they're going to beat Toronto in this game as an underdog. I, you know, not that that's solid gold. Cause I said that last night and with an underdog and that didn't work, but, uh, I just think they're a good team, and, and it may take them a while to gel. Uh, but DFS-wise, I say all of that to say it makes it very difficult to focus on anybody, Jared Allen being my number one option as of right now. All right, uh, let's go to, let's see, three, four, five, six. That is six. So let me check uh, what else we got going in here. Uh, Boston was a good stack. Yeah, two gamers you can definitely stack. And you're going to, I mean, how often are teams going to shoot almost 60% for the game? I mean, that's ridiculously bad defense. Philadelphia, I'll tell you what, Harden was phenomenal. I don't want to get off track and Embiid's awesome, but they better figure out what they're going to do defensively and getting other people involved. Or they're, you know, they were my pick for number one in the East and they did not look like it in game one. Um, Best value on FanDuel, uh, Mr. Tyson, I will share that in here. I'll give you some FanDuel picks uh, for you for sure. Um, is Jaw going to feast on Jalen Brunson? I don't know about that, Rodney. Jalen's not a bad defender. He, he's he's a bull. He's strong. Jaw's quicker, uh, and, but you got to remember, you know, they're defensive. They're really well coached. I love the Memphis coach is one of my favorites. They have a good interior uh, help defense. Uh, you know, so, and, and as far as stopping Brunson and far as stopping jaw, you're saying for the Knicks, you know, there, that could be the case because, you know, if he does get by Brunson, he does have Mitch Rob back there to block some shots though. So, uh, I think that there's a possibility, you know, jaw could go off every game. I wouldn't say that Brunson is exactly a guy to pick on though. You'll see in DRPM. He's not that low rated. Uh, he holds his own in there for his size. It's just Layla, longtime listener. All right. Fantastic. Since hoop ball, 
holy crap, that goes back like six years, something like that. Wow. Thank you for joining and listening in and jumping in. It is fantastic to have uh, folks from, from way back like that. I love it. Well, welcome to the family, Layla. No doubt about it. All right. Let's look at some ownership numbers and talk about that. We're six games through, six more to go. Um, I bet you I could have bet somebody a thousand bucks and they would have not picked who was the first guy, the highest projected owner uh, for this slate. It's hilarious. And I don't understand it for the life of me. But this is why we're going to kill this. I'm telling you right now. The number one projected owned guy is Maxi Kleba. He's not starting people for Dallas. He's 4,100 bucks. He's 38% projected ownership. I don't play him. Don't play him. I'm telling you. So I, I hope that happens. And this is why we have the family here to share this stuff. This is perfect. Devin Vassell, 33%. He could have a big role there, as does Trey Jones. I get those plays because they don't have anybody else. Uh, it makes sense. Kevin Porter, uh, 25%. Again, it's all going to be which guy does DeJounte Murray guard? Which guy does Trey Young guard? I'm projecting the other, you know, which the other direction there. And I think DeJounte guards Porter. So it, it puts green over him for me. Uh, other guys, I'll give you all these top ones just to give you a feel for it because you don't have to worry about fading chalk. Let me just say, you can play who you believe in and not, not really stress about it. Keldon Johnson is next at 25%. So you have three of the top five Spurs because they are so pathetic. Somebody has to score. Those are their three best players that I mentioned, Vassell, Jones, and Johnson, but they're awful. Pop plays a million guys. I don't trust those guys. I don't trust Pop. The game blows out. He's going to play everybody. They don't care if they want to win. They want Wimbaya or whatever for, for next year who's going to be the best player in the league in a few years. So don't, don't stress the Spurs' ownership. You won't see me going there. So no fear, no fear. Kate Cunningham, 7K, I think at 24%. You know, I think is a smart play today. I think that ownership makes sense to me. As much as I love Ivy, it is Cunningham's team, and Ivy's got to get his feet wet a little bit here. So uh, somebody I could get to, Jakob Pertle. So we have four Spurs. Good God. Oh, oh no. Don't play him. Don't play him. Jalen Green at 5,400, one of my favorite plays, 23%. He'll be in the majority of my lineups. Too cheap against a fast-paced, high-scoring game. Here's a lock washer for me, guys. Lock washer. Terry Rozier, 7,300 against the Spurs, 22% of the lineups. He'll be in every lineup for me. No LaMelo ball. He's out with a bad ankle. The Spurs aren't going to defend well. I just, I love Rozier here. I think 22 is too low. I'll, I'll, again, you know, for me, when you look at these percentages and you talk about people building 150 lineups, that's great and go for it. For me, I'm going to have probably two lineups tonight. Most of it on one and, you know, a few changes on a secondary lineup that I'll gear a little more towards GPP. But Rogier's going to be on 100% of them. So there you go. Tyrese Halliburton, I love him as well. 7,200, 22% projected ownership. I think he's a great play. Uh, I think that it's his team. The reins have been handed to him. I think uh, 
you know, it's it, it's going to be you're going to see him take it to another level this year. They got rid of everybody else that was stressing his minutes or points or shooting, and I think you're going to see a great year for him. Here's my uh, here's a guy I'm not going to play tonight though. He's actually uh, my fade player. So I'm you know of my uh, pay up value and fade player. My value player is Terry Rogier. I already mentioned at 7,300. My fate is the Joker. So go ahead, throw stuff at your phone and computer. The Joker is 10-3. They're playing Utah. Utah has dismantled their team. They are not the Utah Jazz anymore. They have an old Mike Conley and the Clarkson that they're going to trade at some point. And then all new guys, full new reshuffle, all young guys. They have some good young players. But I think Denver comes in, smacks the living daylights out of them. And I'm not afraid, uh, you know, you can't be afraid to look at this and game script out blowouts. And I'm going to game script a blowout here. And yeah, you know, I've had that happen where I game script a blowout, team wins outright. You know what? You can't win if you don't take some shots. And I just don't think that they're the, uh, the Joker's going to have to be extended today. I think they smash Utah. I don't think he can get to the 10-3 because of opportunity and minutes played. Not because he's not going to kick ass from everybody on the floor, because he will. Will I just don't think to be over 20% owned and 10-3 is going to have enough opportunity to get there. So for that reason, he's going to be my fade. Uh, I just, that's my sense. That's my game script. That's the way how I'm going to attack that. Everybody knows Bam Adebayo is the next guy. Grossly underpriced, sixty-four hundred. He's almost four thousand dollars cheaper than the Joker, four thousand, and he's about the same uh, projected ownership at twenty-one percent. At that price, at center, he's going to be in my lineup. Then you've got some, a couple other ones. Uh, last couple I'll go through. Josh Hart at fifty-two hundred, twenty percent risky, risky because we don't know how much of a role he's truly going to have now that they have this. Uh, new look team put together. So look, jury's out there. Again, like I said the other day, though, he can grab 12 rebounds as a guard in a heartbeat. So always playable. Siakam, I mentioned, 7,600, you know, people say too cheap for him. Well, it probably is too cheap, and they're short on bigs. I just don't like the matchup and the pace of that game, and I like the interior defense from Allen and Mobley. So I'm not going to go Siakam. But I do think he'll get that 20-plus ownership. And then the last guy is Luka Doncic at 10-2. And trust me, I am not a homer, even though Dirk may say different. But I, yes, I'm a Mavs fan. Yes, Luka's my favorite player. Okay? that Put that aside. I faded him a billion times last year, and I would fade him if I felt he was the fade. I think he is a great pay-up play today. He's my top play on the slate. He's 10-2, so he's 100 bucks cheaper than the Joker. But here's the reasoning. I think it's going to be a close game. Phoenix is okay defensively, but they're not knocked down, drop dead defensively. Jalen Brunson's loss to the Mavericks is going to crush the Mavericks this year. I don't see them going to the Western Conference Final. I know Dirk. Dirk's swearing at me and yelling and all that. I, I'm just saying. He dominated the ball, dominated play, ran everything when Luka wasn't in there, and controlled pace and everything. With all of that gone, 
I don't particularly feel like their other guards are going to be able to take that role. And that's, that's my biggest concern. So what it does is I think the Mavericks are going to be hurt by it. I have them like fifth or sixth in the West. I still think they make the playoffs, but I don't see them going as deep unless they make a move. But it inflates Luka's DFS value to me, even more than it was. He was getting these ridiculous 40-point triple-doubles and all that insanity, and he had an adept backup and running mate in Brunson. Now you've got an extremely inconsistent guys around him. Yes, it's going to be great to have JaVale McGee at defense and to throw some lobs to, and it's going to be great to have Christian Wood to get some big buckets, but he doesn't have any perimeter players to count on. I do not trust Hardaway yet. He's coming back. He's a streak shooter. He's, you know, we don't know if he's 100% yet. You know, we don't know how those guys are going to play, uh, you know, and step up. They haven't been in this situation. Can Dinwiddie be that guy? Maybe. I haven't seen it yet. So my bottom line is I think this game stays close enough. I think Luka goes nuts. And I think that he's just in a position similar to Giannis uh, and, you know, where he's got to dominate play and similar to the Joker. But this game for the Joker, I think they kill uh, their opponent here. And that changes the setup for me. So like I said the other day, those will be the three guys that are going to be pay up a lot for me. But it depends on the matchup. And I like this matchup. All right. I'm done with that. So we we checked all that out. Let's see. No way you can't fade the Joker. He's going to score 20 fantasy points in eight minutes. Okay. Uh, that's my point, boy from Cali. If he gets 40 fantasy points in 20 minutes and then they don't need him that much because they're up 20 or 25, then what are you going to do, my friend? When he's that kind of price and taking that center position and you're not going to get 65 or 70 from him. That's what you need for your pay up guy. So if you're not, if that game doesn't stay close and the Joker doesn't play down the stretch and you don't get that 75, I, I don't, I don't think 53 is going to get it done for me, sir. And so that's my feeling there. And it's going to be, you know, on each one. What are your best FanDuel plays? Earl Tyson is having a FanDuel heart attack. My friend Earl. You know what? I am going to do this right now because Earl's always in a dead straight panic that we're going to knock talk FanDuel. And I can't have that for one of my favorite people. So this is what I'm going to do for a second. Off script here and just for you, my friend. Let's take a, a, some, a look at a few of my favorite plays on FanDuel as it sits right now. Luca at 10-9, I think, is a very strong play for a pay-up option. Then I think you start getting into a few plays that you can seriously consider because the price. Halliburton at 8000 on FanDuel, I think, is a sensible play. I think Bam Adebayo at 7900 makes perfect sense in this matchup. I think he can take real advantage of the interior there and do well. C.J. McCollum, I believe, is underpriced at 7300 Wendell Carter at 7100 is going to be low-owned and sneaky, as is Jared Allen at 7100 I think those are guys you can talk about. Jalen Green, 6400 uh, a strong play today. John Collins, too cheap, 5900 
I'm sub 6K John Collins, I think, is too cheap. I think you got to give that some consideration without question. And then you get guys like Lugans Dort, who we'll talk about at 5,500, is a steal. Mikhail Bridges at 5,400 could have a really good game against the Mavs at that price. Um, Sadiq Bay's only 5,200. There's so much value that, you know, your teeth are going to fall out. You, you just, you can buy up because there is cheap value all over the board. Youngster Jaden Ivey at 4,700, although probably not going to quite go there in game one, but you can at least, you know, think about it. Um, I think that gives you a good idea. Cam Johnson, 4,300. I think he's going to hurt the Mavericks. I think he's, you know, his starting role now that they got rid of Crowder, I think he's a really uh, smart play. And then, you know, you're going to have a, a smattering of, of super low price guys that uh, you can slide in there as well. So there you go, my friend. That was just for you, my man. All right, let's go back to the breakdown of the games because I'm going way longer than I thought I was going to do because I am like that. No matter what I say, I just never quite get it going. All right, 3D Block Turd is with us. I love you, man. And now that I know how to pronounce your name, I am so glad that you are back. All right, the crowd is growing. People must be waking up and getting with it. They're going to have their lock those lines. Hey, real quickly, and I know I'm way this, I'm so bad. Get in there every morning early. Lock in your contest. Don't horse around because if you're not going to get the contest you want, especially on Yahoo and FanDuel, you get more options on DraftKings, but on all of them, I always recommend by 9 a.m. All of my contest selection is done. So that's off my plate. I just hold it with holder lineups. I don't put anybody in that matters. Then what I do is after the podcast and looking at the first injury report and going through the brushed up uh, ownership, then I'll put in my sort of lineup. And usually two or three changes happen. But that progression has been very successful for me for seven or eight years. You get the contest selected. Because if you're scrambling after work to jam in a contest, you're going to get screwed over and play the wrong contest, get in something bad. Play the single entries. Get yourself in a position where you're not trying to win a million dollars for a single $4 bullet. That's suicide mission. Get yourself in some good double-ups or head-to-heads where you can get that, that cash in there. So get the lineup set. Get you know Just put anybody in it. Then as the day goes and you get through the podcast, you get through some of the information, you get the ownership, you get all that info that we're sharing in Discord and everything we're doing, then get that lineup in there. And it does it's not going to be your final one, but you're going to be close. And then as things roll down, we get the final news. It always breaks late in the NBA. You get the final coach to speak, the beat writer stuff, which are going to follow all that for you on Twitter and all social media. Then when we start giving you that information, that's when you lock that final lineup in. And then it's not over. That's the old NBA, the old days when you put your lineup and you were stuck with it. You've got to follow NBA through the night. So I know we all have families. We all have things to do, but you have to keep an eye on it because if somebody gets eliminated out, it's one guy that makes all the difference in the world. Not like it's okay. I, I could have done a little bit better. Like in baseball, you got a guy that got a double and, and another guy got a single and you can live with a single. It's not like that in basketball. A change happens, a guy sits, or somebody else is elevated. That one player is going to take you from out of the money, zero money, 
to eat all the way to a possible takedown. That's how important it is. So we'll always follow that news for, for you. In basketball, Crash, myself, Deb, we're on it 24-7, and we're going to be posting everything in here. Okay. I've really got to get going here. No more messing around. All right, we're going to go right to the next one. We're halfway through is all. I'm sorry, but I'm going to go faster on these six, I promise. Okay, the next game up is the New York, uh, let's see, New York Knicks, Memphis Grizzlies. We touched on that a little bit. Grimes out for the Knicks. Um, Brooks questionable. That's the news that we need. That's one of those that you got to put a circle around because it matters a lot. Uh, Green Jackson and uh, Zaire Williams is out for Memphis. That's always going to screw people up. Um, Memphis is favored by five. It is a 226 total, so one of those tweener games. Brunson, Fournier, Barrett, Randall, Robinson. We know Tibbs plays his guys a billion minutes. He will do it with these five guys. Brunson, Barrett, Randall, always going to be targets for me this year because they'll be three of the top five or six players in the league in minutes played. Mark my words. So they're all playable tonight. And Fournier Robinson, if you want to take a, a shot there. Robinson can get there, but he can also pick up three fouls in 14 seconds. So risk, reward with Mitch. Jaw could be a great play. I don't think he scorches Brunson as bad as someone said in, uh, you know, in uh, chat here. But I do think he's a fine play. He's expensive. And it's a commitment. Um, but I think he's certainly somebody you could dial up. If if Brooks doesn't play, I always play Desmond Bain. I did the same thing last year, and it almost always works. If Brooks does play, then probably won't go there. Uh, after that, not really interested in any other Grizz. I know Eldam is gonna cheap, and he's going to play good minutes. Adam's always possibility and Conchar. I get all that, you know, but Clark off the bench. Just don't want to go there with 24 teams playing tonight. Oklahoma City Thunder, Minnesota T-Wolves. Minnesota monster favored, 10 and a half. Could we have a blowout issue here? Possibly. 226 and a half, decent total. We have no injuries for the young Thunder with Shea playing. So SGA, Giddy, Dort, Poku, and JRE. For Minnesota, it looks like it's going to go Russell, Edwards, McDaniels, Towns, and Gobert. So can't wait to see this Towns Go Bear thing. Going to be very cool. Eric Pascal out for Minnesota. Um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. I, it really is. I Giddy's the triple-double waiting to happen. I But with he and SGA in there, and SGA sat out a lot of preseason, I'm more comfortable with Lugans Dort. I think he's their captain. I think he's their main guy. I think there's, he's their grit and grind guy. I sort of like Lugans Dort in this game. I know it sounds weird. But at that price, I mean, it showed he's getting some ownership. I think that he's a, a decent play. Uh, not uh, Poku and JRE have to go against Towns and Gobert. Good God. Towns is going to be popular, and he deserves to be. I'm just concerned. Like I said in the pre-show, how much is Towns and Gobert going to snipe rebounds and blocks and different things from each other? How much are they going to get in the way of each other in the paint? You know, I'm, I just don't want to spend the top dollar on Towns or Gobert. They deserve it because it's Oklahoma City and they have, they're terrible. But here's the other thing. Minnesota could just kill them. They really could. They're so much better. And you take the aspect of they're going to be sniping each other in, in the paint. 
blowout potential. I just don't think I want to spend up for those guys in this game. And then Russell and Edwards, you know, it's always a little difficult because either one can go off on any given day. I do think Ant's going to have a giant year, but he does have like seven, eight minute stretches where you're like, is he on the floor? Where is he? You know, it's, it, it makes you nervous. So I just, you know, I'm not going to probably go there. I, I'm really not. I think you're going to get a lot of people going to T-Wolves because they're expecting them to just murder the Thunder. And it could happen, but I think it gets divvied up and I think the game could blow out. So I'm going to game script every day, people, and I hope I hope you enjoy it. You can tell me, go pound salt, you know, hey, you're crazy, coach, but I'm going to give you what, what I'm seeing, what I'm feeling, what I'm hearing, what I'm watching, and then you can interpret from there. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be always convicted to what I'm going after. And if I was to step out on the floor and coach the game, uh, that's this is what I would bring to the table to, you know, to, to coach the game. So that's that's the approach I look at. And then you just layer the DFS right into that. All right, Charlotte Hornets, San Antonio Spurs. We've got the no spread I have right now because I think it should be like 20. The Spurs are by far and away the worst team in the league. It's a 224 and a half total. Terry Rozier, my top play uh, on the board value-wise. I think you got to plug him in. I'd love to have a second Hornet as well, either <clears> – <throat> Excuse me. Either um, Ubre Hayward, although that weird haircut for Hayward's a lot to stomach. Uh, PJ Washington, somebody like that. I think a second Hornet's not a bad idea. But here's the thing: blowout city. They play a lot of guys. The reason I want to go to Rogier is because I think he's going to be part of the reason the big blowout happens, and I'm just comfortable with that flat out. Uh, and San Antonio, like I said, they're four of the top seven owned right now because Jones, Vassell, Johnson, and Pirtle are the only four players they have, and then a rookie starting, and the rest of their guys are worse. So I'm not going there. I, you know, I still think Pop plays a lot of guys, and they get blown out, and it's just that simple. All right, a quick check. Let's see what's going on here. Uh, younger in all games can be based. Let's see, Vegas, Boston, Philly. Yeah, and you know, part of the first of all, don't overreact to to one games. I know I do that. Everybody does that. Everybody's saying last night, "Oh, Philly sucks. They're done. They're zero and one." I mean, you got to let things uh, play out. The rule where they took away the transition take foul is going to make games higher scoring than they were before. Vegas has already adjusted. I've looked at the numbers. So there's not a big advantage betting-wise there. But there is DFS-wise because some of those points haven't been adjusted yet. And I think that what you got to look at there is you're going to get some higher pace games and some more scoring from some of your key guys. So keep that in mind. Hardenstein I love, but he's going to split minutes with Mitch Robinson. That's why I'm not playing either one of them. Towns is a shooting forward, correct? But remember, he is a self made i won the three-point contest now i'm making a lot of threes shot over 40 percent from three last year i get it but his whole entire life until this stage of his life uh, the majority of his points were cutting to the basket getting the ball in the block finishing at the rim so he's not just going to be a, a face-up shooter so remember that as you're watching this you know he he's going to get a little two three happy at times because go bears in the paint so let's let that develop and see how it works out. 
I think it takes a little bit away from them initially. That's just how I feel. Um, Gobert rules the paint, yes, but he's not an offensive threat. They 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 play a whole quarter and don't give him the ball once. He, unless he gets an offensive rebound or something, it's like he's just, you know, go like when you have a big guy that sucks on your rec team, you just stick him in the paint and say, just get every ball and then give me the ball and get out of the way. It's sort of the way they treat Gobert. I hate to say it, but, you know, he is defensive player of the year multiple times and a great rebounder, but he is not an offensive player and nor he will he ever be. But uh, we'll see how that mix works. All right. Um, we move forward to, uh, let's see here, Denver and Utah. Uh, the Nuggets, a seven and a half point favor, 223 and a half total. Again, I game scripted this one for you already. I think Utah's in big trouble. Conley's old. They're not going to push him. Sexton's going to, you know, chuck and duck a bunch of shots. I like Markin in the best of anybody on this team by a long shot. I really like him. After that, though, they're just total rebuild. They have a million draft picks. Ainge cleaned house. You're going to get Vanderbilt, Olenek, a bunch of young guys. I think Denver kills them. I think Utah's in for a very long season. Um, you know, they almost won 50 games last year and they completely imploded that whole squad. Who would, who knows this, who had a better record last year between Utah and Denver? Utah, Utah won 49, Denver won 48. Amazing. Now Utah has nothing and Denver's loaded. Unreal. So here's the thing. I'm not going to focus on this game. Number one, I don't think it's the fastest pace game. Number two, I think it's going to blow out. You know, I'm fading the Joker just because of that. And I think you're going to get some, you know, help from Gordon and Porter. KCP, a nice ad. Jamal Murray is going to be back into the flow, not dominant, but back in the flow. Great pass game for me, maybe marking in. Uh, and other than that, it's going to be moving on. All right, Dallas Phoenix. Uh, we get into the two 10 o'clock games now. And this one's going to be fun. I'm going with Luke as my payup. I think he's going to have to, for them to have a shot to beat Phoenix, he's going to have to have one of those monster 30 plus triple double kind of nights for sure. And I think he's very capable of it, you know, with, uh, with bridges guarding him some that slows him down at times. But I think, uh, you know, the, the key factor is he's playing at an elite level right now. He's matured. He's in shape which he's come to camp the last two years fat and he's not fat this year. So I think he's going to get out of the gate way quicker and play much better. And they're going to want to, you know, come out and show something right off the bat. Jay kid, you know, Phoenix ties. Uh, it's an important game for them to come out and play well. And I think Luke is going to have a great game, not touching anybody else from the Mavs. I do not, like I said, I don't trust Dinwiddie Bullock, Finney Smith, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. McGee's going to split time. They're going to rotate a lot of other guys. I mean, I, you know, DFS wise, it's Luca or bust for me, unfortunately. Um, then for Phoenix, you've got, you know, of course the regulars, except you got Cam Johnson and Finney Smith's a great defender, but I think they're going to put Finney Smith on Mikhail Bridges. And so I think Cam Johnson could, could have a nice game here. Um, we'll see how they rotate it around. Not going to go uh, Booker, though, because Reggie Bullock, is a, he's a hound defensively. Dallas can defend. That's the other thing. You know, they do have, you know, with the interior defense of McGee, and, of course, playing against Phoenix, he's going to be fired up. So I'm not touching Aiton uh, at all. 
And so I think, you know, you're going to have good defensive matchups, a good fun game here. It's only 216 and a half, though. So I, I really think Luke is the play, possibly Cam Johnson on the other side. And that's really about it. A lot of contributions and good defense, though, on both sides. All right, we finished the slate with the Portland Trail Blazers and the Sacramento Kings. And uh, it's a nice 226 and a half total. And Sacramento actually favored by one and a half. So this should be a fun game uh, to roll with. Projected lineups are Lillard, Simmons, Hart, Grant, and Nurkic against Fox. Herder, who looks wasn't looking like he's going to play. Now he is going to play. Barnes, Akpala, and Sabonis is what I have listed as of right now. So we'll see how these ro- rotations uh, develop. I, I think uh, Keegan, Mur- oh, Keegan Murray's been ruled out from what I see right here, which sucks because that I wanted to see him play. I, I really think he's going to be a good one. So especially with him out, I think Fox and Sabonis, major targets here. Major targets, Fox and Sabonis. I would pl- I could play both. This could be the stack team, if you will. I could play b- both Fox and Sabonis. Those are the two guys I would go to uh, on that side of the ball. For Portland, Lillard looks focused, in shape, healthy, determined, uh, I think he's a great play on any given night. Tremendous play tonight. So I'm I'm going to be, don't sweat if you have coach talk lineups in there and you're worried we're in the middle of the pack going into those late games or toward the bottom. If we have Luca, Lillard, Fox, Sabonis, a combination of those guys, we're not going to be high up, but we're going to finish high up. That's what I'm saying. So I'm going to be focused on these late games. I really like the, the matchups for these two teams. I think Portland Sacramento could be an over kind of game. And I think you could even go to a secondary guy for Portland. If, if you want to dial up a cheaper Simmons or Hart uh, or even a Nurkish Nurkic, but I'd, I'd prefer Sabonis on the other side. All right, my friends, I didn't want to take too long and I know I went a little longer than normal. Hopefully that that gives you a really good feel for this slate. Um, we're going to be breaking this down every day. Most of the time, it'll be Deb or Crash with me, and we'll get a little point counterpoint going back and forth on some of these guys. And then on some days, like, uh, you know, I'll jump in here solo and just spill out what I'm looking at as far as game scripting and how I uh, believe that some of these games are playing out. Um, as far as, again, my pay up is Luca, my value is Rogier, uh, my fade is the Joker. And I think you're going to have, you know, some real different scenarios here today where some of these higher owned players are not going to perform. And I think you're going to have people stack and some teams that they're going to look at the situation with who should I stack? Um, Let me pull that information. Somebody just asked about it. Well, look, let's look at ownership on stacks real quick and see what we got here because you know, again, I'm not, I don't believe in on gigantic slates like this of really uh, going after four, four deep or whatever you're looking at stack wise. I think you got to be a lot smarter and, uh, you know, maybe go with two guys, something like that. Let's see. Ownership projections. I'm trying to find the stack ranking, and I don't see it at this moment. 
So let me just give you my input. I'll share those. Um, I'll share that later as well in um, chat. But for me, I like I say, I like that late game of uh, Sacramento um, and San uh, and uh, Portland. I think that's one really good game you can go to uh, that that can give you some good builds. I think that makes sense. Um, you know, I, I think I would steer clear from stacking that Charlotte San Antonio game. Like a lot of people seem to be going to initially, you can stack a few Knicks just because of the million minutes that I expect that they're going to get played, uh, played. People are going to stack the T wolves. I'm afraid of that because blowout possibilities there. I'd steer from the Chicago Miami game just because of pace. I think another great stack game on our both sides are uh, Houston and Atlanta. I think Houston keeps it close enough. And uh, I think there is potential there for, for a couple of guys to go off on each side, but I'm probably not going to stack that game, but I can, it makes sense to do that. And I don't think getting out of the shoot, uh, you know, you have to really be super afraid of Washington and Indiana's defense. I think you're going to have, some scoring there. So, you know, again, I'm, I'm recommending two, two kind of stacks two two. If you want to go three, I wouldn't on a big slate like this. I know the big boys will tell you to do that, but you know, if you want to take down a bullet and you get a game that goes double overtime on pure luck and you roll with somebody like that and you're trying to win a hundred thousand. Yeah. You got to take some of those shots. You want to build bankroll, go from 500 to 5,000 then you want to you know, be a little bit smarter about it. Smaller stacks, I think, are going to get you to that point. And that's really the way to do it. That's the way to, uh, to go through and, uh, and build a really strong bankroll. All right, let's see. Todd's got to go. All right, Todd, man. Coach with no Jaron Jackson and Aldama starting. Uh, Clark, a $52 million extension. I'm not going to play Clark. I, you know, As much as that coach loves him, $52 million isn't that much anymore. You know, all the other guys that are key guys or six men like Poole got over $100 million. So I think it was a bargain to get him at 52. And they never pay him, play him extended minutes. Clark is one of those guys. They have decided that he plays best in bursts. Gets about 20, 25 minutes a game, unless they're really shorthanded. And in that time frame, he's very effective. When they play him 35 minutes, his production goes way down. So Clark's not going to be a target for me. Kuzma, definitely a target. I think he could be a, a very strong play on a game that I expect uh, some really good pace. All right. I, I think I answered all the questions. Sorry that we had to go so early today. Hopefully this helps you get some really, really strong lineups. We'll be posting lineups later, and uh, I will be on the move probably posting lineups in an airplane. Uh, so we'll be doing that uh, 60,000 feet up, hopefully having uh, that 60,000 of winnings so to match it. But appreciate all of you. Thanks for all of the thumbs up and listening and questions. And I'll let people know on the way out, hit the thumbs up. If you want to join us, it's dfscoachtalk.com. Join us with the Lucas special, as you can see going across the screen. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day, and I'll be back again tomorrow when we look to crush it.
in NBA, DFS, and Boom Fantasy.